We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS MLB Podcast Wednesday edition, folks. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined again by John McKechnie, and we always look forward to working together on this pod to bring you the best FanDuel plays in tonight's Wednesday baseball schedule. John, we're four weeks away from the trade deadline, and three of the six division races show last place teams are within seven games of the first place clubs in those divisions. The other three divisions are pretty much a lot more spread out and uh, maybe more also rands have already decided their fate. My question to say you, and this does not factor in the fact that wildcard races are close in those divisions, but do you have a cutoff if you are a uh, GM of one of the teams that's in lane last place, seven games out right now, is that enough for you to say, you know what, it's time to look at trade options and kind of pack in your uh, hopes for this season? Uh, it, it, it is weird how, how jumbled, uh, things are to, to start the season. Uh, it's hard to say if, if you can really have a, a firm cutoff per se, you sort of have to contextualize how your season's gone to this point. It's like, okay, we're seven games out, but we're about to get, um, you know, some major pieces back. Like if, if you're the white Sox, you're about to get Carlos Rodon back and you're only seven games back. And, uh, while you still figure that the Indians are probably, um, the odds on favorite to win that division, um, the white Sox, you know, there's something to be said for arriving ahead of schedule. They have, you know, one of the better farm systems in baseball. Um, so, you know, for, th- for if things are clicking and they feel like they can go out and, and, you know, make, make some more moves to be competitive for this year, even though the, the ceiling's really only a, a second wild card, then, um, 
you know, why not? Or at least just don't, don't be a complete seller, uh, if you're still competitive in this race. But I, I don't know what you do if you're like 12 and a half games back in your, in your, the Rangers, when you came into the season with such high expectations, what, what, what are your thoughts on like the Rangers and the, and the two teams beneath them in the West, uh, the, the angels and the Mariners, cause they're, they're within a game of the Rangers as well. Well, the angels, you got to kind of give them a mulligan, don't you? With the fact that Mike Trout factors, Mike Trout's injury factors into their circumstance. It's amazing that they're above 500 without him. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I throw them a mulligan because, you know, while they are so, such a distance out, they are still a contender in the wild card, I suppose. But exactly. too many teams to pass over. If Once you're about four or five games out, there's a whole mid full of clubs there. And I would be very, very concerned about that circumstance. So really, to your point and, uh, and the points that you made, you really have to take a look at your situation. And another thing that you didn't mention is, what about the attendance figures? If you're a team that draws very well, let's say like a Toronto, this team has sold a lot of tickets for the last month and a half of the season, and you want to do everything that you can to to give them something to watch. So I think the Jays would be one of those teams that even though they have some teams to jump over, they're going to try their darndest to stay competitive and keep those fans engaged. It's it's putting the butts in the seats that's critical in certain areas, well, all areas, I guess, other than Boston, which is guaranteed, I suppose, uh, (laughs) and a couple other cities like that. But uh, you have to factor in what what does this mean? What does your decision mean to the fan base and and how will they receive it? I mean, you also have to look at next year's renewals as well so there's off off field concerns and on field concerns but uh, one of the things that's most telling is an example that i want you to comment on in the same vein teams have to look at the potential free agents on their rosters too john and the royals for instance kansas city royals are an interesting case as right now as a as of this podcast they're only two and a half games out of the central division lead and two games out of the wild card looking at their player salary structure i noted that uh, veterans like Osmer, Kane, and Moustakas are playing out the last years of their contracts. If you're the the Royals general manager, given what I've said and what we're trying to cover here, what's your position vis-a-vis these three players? Are you going to try your best to to keep them engaged and re-sign them all, or can you hope to realistically re-sign them all? They're they're all cornerstones of the club and keys to uh, some of the success that they've enjoyed in recent years, and some people think keeping them together might give this team another run at at, uh, a championship-caliber season. So that's a team that's in a real quandary. Uh, If John McKechnie's there's GM, what's his plan? Um, I think I'm going to try to try to get what I can uh, for for Kane and for uh, Kelvin Herrera. Uh, the, I think a, a team that's looking for uh, that solution in the back end. Uh, I I think like a team like the Nationals, they can't be feeling particularly good about what's going on with their bullpen uh, right now. So I think that uh, he's a guy that that the Royals could could fetch uh, a really nice uh, return for uh, for you know someone that that probably wasn't going to be back with the team long term. Uh, I think Hosmer and Mustakis are probably the two ones that that they want to part with the least because they've completely come up through the Royals organization. Um, I don't think that other teams value Hosmer the same way that the Royals do because he doesn't really provide that power that you look for uh, from a first baseman. So I don't think they'd necessarily get uh, what they wanted in return there. I think you could get a pretty good price back on Mustakis, but. Uh, the way he's turned things around from a power perspective this year, um, I don't see why you don't want to pay that guy uh, what what he's due. So I think that Kane and potentially Herrera end up going on the move. I see Hosmer and Mustakis uh, coming back. They are kind of in a weird 
uh, limbo right now, but Danny Duffy's about to come back too. So, uh, they're in a, they're definitely an interesting spot here. Definitely a lot better off than they were, you know, when we were recording this podcast, say even a month ago. Exactly. They've had a nice run of success and maybe that makes all of this discussion moot if they can continue to roll, uh, with a great winning streak between now and the all-star break. I definitely think they stand pat and they, they look forward to the off season, uh, as part B of a plan and just kind of consider going for it but with a part A. But still, to me, it looks like it would be difficult to retain the three uh, members of this offense that I outlined in terms of next year's outlook. I could see them bringing in two of them, and I think you're right. The guys that came up through the system are the guys that they have some sort of a more loyalty to, and uh, I look for Hosmer and Moustakas to be the guys they retain as well. Another interesting rumor, John, uh, given that pitching is of such importance at the trade deadline the Oakland A's uh there's noise that they're making Sonny Gray a potential trade piece uh, he's uh, the de facto ace of this staff I guess and you can say and even though they're hopelessly out of the AL West race and the wild card with too many teams to catch and a five-game deficit there in the wild card specifically Gray is uh, looked upon as a front of the rotation type in Oakland as I said and is still controlled by an arbitration for two years beyond this season if you're the GM of the Oakland A's do you pedal this guy Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, uh, uh, having the ace, having the best player uh, on paper or, you know, at that time uh, is is an extremely valuable thing. And, you know, with the A's not really looking to, to this year, they want to get as much back uh, for a guy like Sonny Gray as they can. They've they've kind of made some some trades that have burned them in recent years. Uh, you know, you look at your your Addison Russell deal, you look at your Josh Donaldson deals and so on and so forth. So they're they're hurting a little bit organizationally. And I think that uh, moving a piece like Gray that could net you, uh, you know, three top end prospects, uh, I think you need to pull a trigger, especially considering uh, just how far away uh, this this core group of A's are where you don't really know if they're going with a youth movement or they randomly have a bunch of veterans as well. I don't really understand how, how this roster is constructed, but I, I do know that, that uh, moving gray for several pieces, I, I think would be the uh, right move to get them sort of uh, pointed back in the right direction instead of being sort of like lost out in sea. Yeah. I, I caution uh, pursuers of Sonny gray though, just because of the ballpark effect in Oakland. Uh, he's a couple of years also removed from a, a Cy Young caliber season. He hasn't pitched to that level for about the last year and a half this year. He's had a bit of a bounce back, but last year pretty dreadful, John. So right. it's a cautionary tale as well. So the fact that he is one of the, one of the few, uh, linchpins of potential linchpins of a rotation that's out there as there's very few teams that you can say are are definitely out of the race might help the saleability factor but uh, it's cautioned also by the fact that he's benefiting from a bit of a ballpark effect in his favor too so really a bit of a a balancing act has to be considered there but uh, certainly a guy who should all things being equal command some nice pieces in return and Oakland has to take a hard look at it John these are samples of issues that GMs will be facing in coming weeks and we'll get plenty of coverage uh, elsewhere but we'll also take a look at them and other similar situations in coming weeks as we kind of play uh, fantasy GM for our listeners over the next few weeks before the July month and I just wanted to get our feet wet in that regard and before we get into our breakdown of top FanDuel picks for tonight's games I want to invite our listeners to follow me Paul Bruno at Statsman22 and you can follow John 
who's a great follow, by the way, at Johnny McHex. He knows his basketball. He knows his baseball. And I think he's a real future star in this in this industry, <laughs> folks. A lot of great opinions. Too kind. And well, John, you're backing it up with your performance in FanDuel play all season long. i got to say, I've been very impressed. Uh, I had a wonderful year in fantasy football. It hasn't really carried over the baseball side until recent weeks, where I've started to play a little more regularly and got a line on things. So there you go. I'm on a pretty good roll right now myself, so I'm pretty good happy with that. Uh, let's go through the matchups with a quick preview of projected starters for tonight's games my friend we'll ignore the couple of early starts and ask you to take us through uh, the early slate of games right off the top there's a marquee matchup uh, that i want you to highlight all right so starting us off in the nation's capital we're gonna have uh, the washington nationals with steven strasburg eight and two record three five seven era taking the hill against the cubs and john lackey who owns a five and eight record four seven four era the nats are minus 160 favorites in that matchup with an over under of eight that is a 705 eastern start uh blake snell coming back up for the rays zero and four record four seven one before he sent before being sent down but he's back up with the rotation now going to pittsburgh to face yvonne nova and the pirates nova seven and five record 406 era uh the pirates slight home favorites at a minus 124 that's an eight and a half over under that's a 705 start moving up to your neck of the woods we haven't even tra- uh talked trash yet because we're in fourth and fifth place but we got the orioles with wade miley three and five record 448 era against toronto and marcus stroman seven and four record 369 era the Blue Jays, pretty heavy favorites here, minus 183 with a 9.5 over under. It's a 707 start. Uh, moving down to Cleveland, we have the Trevor Bauer and the Indians, 6-6 six and six record, 553 ERA. Uh, taking on the Rangers and, and ace U Darvish, 6-5 and five record, 312 ERA. Uh, the Indians, slight home favorites, minus 109 there with an over under sitting at 9. Uh, then moving on down to uh, Miami, Jeff Locke and the Marlins uh, hosting Steven Matz and the Mets. Uh, Matz one and one with the three six ERA. Mets slight home favorite or road favorites at minus one eleven with an over under of nine. Uh, that's a seven and ten start. Then we have the Twins with Adalberto Mejia two and three record four nine three ERA going to Boston to face Rick Porcello last year's Cy Young winner. Uh, Boston minus one sixty eight. Uh, home favorites there, seven ten start, and then to Detroit we have left-hander Daniel New- Norris on the mound, four and five record, four six six ERA, hosting the Royals that we just talked about. Ian Kennedy taking the taking the mound, one and six record, four nine five ERA. The over under there is sitting at nine and a half, and the Tigers are slight favorites at home at minus one thirty six. Well, John, we haven't talked trash about Oakland and I mean Orioles and the, the Jays. Much, much, most, much of that is because they're fourth and fifth in the division, as you said. And your club is just killing mine head to head all season long. But a <laughs> cautionary tale for you, my friend. I have had really good success when for my home team when I've been there at the park, and I'm going to be there the next two nights working for oh, no. tonight. Baseball's official sport, scorer support yours truly, and tomorrow I'll be the field timing coordinator for, for that game. So looking forward to that uh, in both games and. Uh, you know, Stroman is a guy who should bounce back from a terrible performance last time out. Uh, a guy that the Jays consider their de facto ace going against lefty Miley. And the uh, Jays have had tough, tough times with left-handed pitchers. But uh, this looks like a situation where uh, my team's needing revenge and has a good shot to get it 
Yeah, based there's on the a line. difference between having trouble against lefties and having trouble against Wade Miley. <laughs> we'll see how that plays out, but uh, I hope I have something to crow about in two days. Otherwise, I, you can pull <laughs> pull the grass over my team. I think they're really on life support. Uh, the rest of the schedule plays out like this: the Milwaukee Brewers and Chase Anderson, who's had a really good season for the Brewers, six and two with a two ninety two ERA, brings them in as favorites, a minus one sixteen on the money line. The over under nine and a half. At uh, Louis Castillo and, and company, uh, 360 is the ERA there. Seven o'clock start, and Masahiro Tanaka and the Yankees, five and seven uh, for Tanaka. Pretty pretty middling mark for a guy who uh, is thought of as the ace of the staff uh, of New York. 574 is the ERA. They're favored though, a minus 132 on the money line, nine flat on the on the over under against Carlos Rodon making his debut this season tonight at eight eight ten. Then there's Jesse Hahn of the A's. Uh, a three and five mark, four sixty six ERA at Houston, and David Paulino two and zero is the record there for Paulino. Five oh four is the ERA, one seventy eight is the favor for the home team, uh, the best team in the American League, uh, the Houston Astros, yep. and uh, the over under set at nine and a half for that eight ten start. Then we got the Cardinals, Adam Wainwright at Arizona, and Zach Godley three and one is the record there for Godley two fifty three is the ERA. 131, they're favored uh, on the money line, and the over-under set at 9.5 for that 940 start. The Dodgers and Hyun Jin Ryu, 3-6 is, is the record, 430 is the ERA at uh, Alex Meyer, 3-4 and four is the record, 420 is the ERA. The visitors, the Dodgers, uh, one of the top teams in, in the majors, they're, they're the favored club tonight, uh, minus 115 and 8.5 on the over-under. And Bartolo Colon, uh, the ageless one, pitching, though, as, as he's aging this year as we <laughs> speak, 2-7 uh, is the record, 778 the ERA. Into San Diego, a pitcher's park, Louis Perdomo, another losing record there, 2-4 and four is the record, 456 the ERA. The homestanding pods are one. 15 favorite the over under is eight and a half for that 10 10 start john let's get into things beginning with a look at the starting pitchers uh, we always take a look at the fan, at the top of the board uh, in this regard and we will at each position there's three guys over the nine thousand dollar mark i'm going to ask you which of these three do you prefer and i'll ask you to make the case for them as well um well the the price uh kind of makes it obvious who who FanDuel thinks the the best possible pitcher for this evening is but I I I tend to agree with him this time around uh it's Steven Strasburg for me and I think Strasburg he draws a little bit more tournament appeal than than he normally would uh this evening because you know he's he's had three straight starts under six innings five earned runs or more in two of those three starts uh so I think people have probably used Strasburg in their lineups uh, built lineups around him and, and gotten burned a little bit. So I think that drives down his ownership number a little bit. And I think that people also tend to avoid that Cubs lineup, even though, uh, you know, news alert, like they're not actually being, they haven't actually been that good this season, but people still uh, fade away from, from using pitchers against the Cubs, uh, you know, oftentimes. So I think that we're going to see low ownership on Strasburg and that's my main selling point here. So I, I think anytime that you can get the best pitcher on the slate, at, at ten three, I think that that's that's definitely a bargain and some someone that I'll, I'll craft a lineup around, at least a couple lineups around. Actually, yeah. In the case of Darvish, you've got to be concerned about the fact that there's a bit of a triceps concern in him. He's still scheduled to make the start, but that's a pretty good lineup that he's facing in this matchup. Right. And you wonder if uh, Chase Anderson is this year's version of Cinderella, and he's going to uh, midnight's coming soon for this guy. I mean, the middle of the order for Cincinnati Reds has made a lot right. of teams pay big time this year, so. Uh, a tough road to 
Idaho for him. So I echo your sentiment. Steven Strasburg, for me, would be the cream of this trio, and he's priced appropriately. Uh, I, I think you can make a case if you can go cheap on some of the positions that this would be a good time to put the top guy on the board into your lineup. Going down the, the way a little bit, we'll take it into the 8,000 range, and I already teased Masahiro Tanaka and my view about him, even though they're facing the lowly White Sox. Priced at $8,900. This guy's been a shadow of his usual self this year, and I'm, I'm fading him in this group. I don't care. He looks like he has a favorable matchup, John, but uh, I'm looking elsewhere in this $8,000 range. I'm curious to see who you might highlight going on down to the $8,100 at Ivanova, another guy that I really like for Pittsburgh tonight. I guess the the one thing that I will say about Tanaka, and you know, this is you know coming from as someone that that's loaded up against him earlier than the season, he has you know pretty considerable uh, road issues it seems like, but he's got three straight starts with eight or more strikeouts. Uh, he's dropped his ERA on the road down to four seventy five. It was worse, believe it or not, uh, and that WHIP of one one three on the road suggests that maybe that ERA maybe a little bit inflated, maybe just getting a little bit unlucky with being unable to, to strand the runners uh, that he gets, that he does allow on base. Uh, the White Sox are just bad against righties um, and they are uh, 19th in terms of uh, weighted on base uh, at their home park. So pretty middling offense across the board. And like I said, not great against righties. So there's like a, a small, I'll have a small consideration for, for Tanaka for, for tournament lineup. Um, and then moving down, uh, I'm avoiding Rick Porcello against Minnesota. I'm, I'm, just trying to avoid using Rick Porcello in general right now and going against that Minnesota lineup that has, you know, some serious, serious mashers in it. Uh, Sano and Vargas, uh, you know, I think that Porcello is going to get touched up for at least a few home runs Uh, this evening. Steven Matz is a guy that, you you know, he's fine. Uh, You're just worried about the rest of that team kind of being able to give him any sort of run support, even against Jeff Locke that, you know, that's really not a guarantee with the way that that Mets offense is going right now. Um, I would like to hear your thoughts on Nova, but before I move on to that, uh, I do like Godley a fair bit at home against St. Louis, Uh, you know, going, going to be opposed by Adam Wainwright, who's uh, been a little bit shaky, obviously Uh, Godley five quality starts in his last six outings, uh, sub one whip at home as well. So he's been really excellent at home and, and you know, he's going to get the run support from a Diamondbacks lining lineup. That's the best at home in all of baseball. Well, and, and before I get to Nova, I want to mention John Lackey's in this range too, John, but, uh, I, I don't like the matchup for him against Washington. I think that he's overvalued here based also on his recent, uh, string of uh, ordinary performances. So I don't get the $8,100 price tag at all for Lackey. He can be run on too. Yeah. Just, so, just like Arietta, he, he is, uh, tied with John Lester for the most stolen bases allowed by a pitcher excellent um, call he just con- contributes to getting himself in trouble right he does and i think that there, there's probably an added emphasis on that game for you know people are going to be looking out for for washington to be stealing and it's one thing to you know be be conscious of it it's not like they weren't conscious of it last night and they still uh, stole seven bags off of the off of the cubs so you know cubs are going to try as they as they will to uh to limit the base runners or to hold them or you know what have you but i think the nats have too much speed and i, I think the the cubs uh the slowness of their battery is going to get them in trouble so i'm i'm considering using some some speedy nationals this evening well and i'm i'm leaning on ivanova in this range as you teased i mean look at the fact that the guy's 
been an inning eater for the Pirates since he got down there about two years ago from the Yankees. Uh, probably a deal that Yanks ru- uh, wish they never made because Nova's turned into the stalwart of the staff here. He, you can count on him for six or seven innings and a quality start most nights. Uh, the ERA hovering around three, and uh, the Pirates' offense has really turned a corner and started to become a little more productive, uh, more of it like what we expected at the outset of the season. So, in terms of win probability and a favorable pitching matchup, uh, given that uh, Nova's mound opponent is Blake Snell, a lefty with an 0 and 4 record of 471 ERA, this this looks like an opportunity to to get a pitcher on the cheap who has a great chance to pull a victory and to eat up some innings and. Come up with a nice game score for you. So to me, that's my lean in this range. Uh, heavy lean for for Nova and the Pirates tonight. If there are any value pitchers in the sub eight thousand range, John, I expect you to find them and to tell us about them right now. Well, it's it's a little bit tougher to find. I think there's a, there's a lot of. Uh kind of gas can type of pitchers yep. going out there this evening you know below that 8000 mark um you know i think there's just pitchers really to load up against there's there's like a full menu of pitchers to load up against um if you if you needed to go uh sub sub 8000 then i suppose maybe david paulino yeah. but you know he just started against uh the the A's last week. I think this is the same matchup that was like a crazy 12 to nine game right. from, from last Thursday. Uh, Paulino, you don't expect him to go deep into the game, but uh, if he can kind of give you that, that Brad Peacock, like five, five and two thirds innings with like seven or eight strikeouts, then, you know, that, that works, you know, that, that's something that's, that you can tolerate uh, from a pitcher that you're only spending 7,500 on, but you're not going to use uh, Rodon in a season debut against the Yankees. Uh, you're not going to use Adam Wayne right out in the desert with the way that he's been giving up uh, hard contact. You're not going to use uh, Hunjin Ryu, even even if it is against a, a Mike Troutless uh, Angels lineup. That that lineup has really kind of uh, pulled itself together and done well in his absence. So uh, really, it's it's hard for me to justify other than just a complete lottery ticket. I, I think Blake Snell would be a lottery ticket type of type of move. But like you said, he's got a tough uh, opposing pitcher on the mound in Nova that, who I expect to kind of limit uh, the, the Rays as well. So really not a whole lot to like below 8,000 this evening. I agree with that assessment completely, John. Well said. Uh, let's move. Before we move on to the uh, rest of the field here, I want to also give a, a nod to our friends at FanDuel. Uh, it's back. It's better than ever. We've had a ball with it for almost half a season. It's there for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every day, and there's no busted seasons, of course. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. New this year, there's been an upgraded experience. There's late swap contests where you can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games. No more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm. Non-late swap contests are still available, too. An updated scoring, I already talked about it, the quality start where you get four extra points if your pitcher goes more than six innings and allows three or less earned runs. So you have more control over a solid pitching performance. They have a friends mode where you create a league for your friends. We had one set up for us with Rotowire's free roll, and you've been exceptional at it. I've been closing ranks uh, in the last few weeks, gaining it's on the final on tonight, the man. Yeah, and uh, you choose the days you play each week. Uh, contests will be created automatically. Plus, there's a leaderboard which will keep track of how you all stack stack up against each other. John, you've had a fabulous year. Uh, how many entries have you got in the free roll? I I, did, I missed out. Uh, I think I, it looks like I have uh, three, so uh, should should uh, be able to uh, put together 
uh, some interesting lineups and attack this slate from a few different uh, angles in hopes of uh, taking home the glory here. But uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a strong uh, last few weeks. Uh, talking about the Dodgers last week, I think sort of uh, really helped things along. They they were just absolute bombs away. Your call on on Puig and then uh, Grandal homered twice, so that that really kind of helped uh, put those lineups that I, that I put in last Wednesday over the top. Excellent work, my friend. And we remind our listeners to have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer at FanDuel. You can be sports rich. Sign up to. Today, go to fanduel.com slash rw there's a special offer for new users deposit today and you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription plus five free entries that's up to fifty dollars in value to try a variety of sports on fanduel that's fanduel.com slash rw all right john it's time to get into our position by position picks starting with the catchers where we see gary sanchez all alone at thirty seven hundred dollars that's five hundred dollars more than any other receiver but i ask you is this a good day to choose him over the rest of the field um, I mean, it, it certainly, it certainly could be because he's facing a lefty as a right-handed batter. That's always something you consider. Uh, and a guy like Rodon, uh, not only is he making his first, uh, start of the season with the White Sox, but it, he wasn't particularly sharp during his rehab. And, you know, you always kind of take the rehab numbers as a grain of salt. It's, it's really more, uh, how a guy's feeling, but, uh, you know, Sanchez, I, I think that, because he's so much more expensive than, than other catchers. And you know, I think people will probably try to save at this position. Um, I think that drives down Sanchez's ownership percentage a little bit to where, you know, you're not entering a tournament and seeing that he's in 30% of everyone else's lineups. Um, so you, we could see him, his ownership down into the teens uh, as the most expensive, most expensive catcher. And I think that there, there's uh, certainly room for profit there uh, based on this matchup. So I do like Sanchez a fair bit. I haven't quite made a lineup where I, where I fit him in yet. But, um, if you wanted to, to go and craft some, some right-handed Yankees against, uh, Rodon, then, uh, get Sanchez in there for sure. Yeah. He's uh, reached nine plus points and up to 34, uh, seven times in, in the last, uh, 10 games in that range. That's pretty pr- good production. And if you can squeeze him in tonight, given the matchup that you highlighted and the favorable nature that it has, it might be an opportunity for you to pay off uh, with a good performance from Sanchez. Again, a kind of a contrarian play, given that most people will kind of punt this position uh, and, and go for a lesser option. But there might be one of those guys that can jump up and have a big game. I'm big on Sal Perez in this range next uh, next to uh, Sanchez. Perez has been on a uh, tear and he gets the benefit of the righty lefty matchup tonight against Daniel Norris who's been lit up a few times this season so Salvador Perez already with 15 homers and 45 ribbies some catchers won't reach those holes for the whole season John this guy's hitting a lusty 289 as well and producing significantly well over the last uh, couple of weeks makes me very very interested in trying to plop him into this lineup given this matchup but there are other opportunities uh, taking us down to the $2,800 range I'd ask you to speak to, uh, to the other names in this grouping um well um, first off I, i'm totally with you on perez um and then at, adding on to that and we'll, we'll get into this uh when, we, when we're looking at other positions too but uh the wind's blowing out hard to left field uh tonight in detroit so that's something that you're going to want to look out for because i think some right-handed bats in that game uh are become even more interesting uh than they already were um but 
Uh, moving down the list a little bit, I, I guess Tyler Flowers would, would probably be my guy um, if I'm not going the, the Perez route at 3,200 and dipping a little bit below there. Uh, Flowers, just really consistent production uh, throughout the season, you know, hitting 331. That, that's just an absurd mark for, for a catcher, um, you know, in, in a day and age where, where catchers offensively uh, tend to be one of the one of the just like the shallower positions across all of baseball. Uh, so going out to San Diego doesn't necessarily worry me. I don't need a home run out of Tyler flowers to make him worth it. Um, but I think he'd be a fine play high floor, uh, type of catcher Grandall, uh, obviously at, at 2,800. Also, I feel like that's a, that's a deal. And then Alex Avila also 2,800, uh, he's, you know, playing in that Detroit game where, where again, uh, the wind is blowing out. Uh, it's not in the direction that you would like for, for Alex Avila per se. I'd probably give Grandall the lean against a righty. Um, but th- there's, there are a few viable options in this range that, that I think you can go with. I'd take a look at, uh, Russell Martin in this range too. There's a guy, he's moved up to the second spot in the batting order for Toronto and he gets the righty lefty advantage against Miley. This is a game that the Jays, I think have every, every chance to put up a big, uh, big crooked number against the Euros and yep. uh, Martin Martin is well placed you want a guy who has more at bats than most of the other guys at this position he gets a, maybe an extra turn over the rest of the field considering not many others will bat so high in the order that's a consideration for me and uh, so I'll take that advantage uh, if I have to the opportunity to plug him in here are there any other kind of lottery type picks John below the $2,800 range I know I like Robinson Carinos a lot uh, in the matchup that he has today against Cleveland Indians and a very hittable Trevor Bauer. Carinos, for his part, has already gone deep 11 times this year. He's headed for a career high in that regard, I believe. Yeah, no, he's he's having an excellent season. I, I could definitely uh, see where you can make the case uh, for him. But if I'm going like sort of the the punt area, the the bargain bin uh, area of the of the catcher slate, I'm going with Austin Hedges. It, now he's a guy that I do need a home run uh, in order for him to really. Uh, be valuable because he's sort of an all or nothing guy, uh, kind of Ryan Schimpfian in, in, you know, his output. Um, but you know, hedges, he does get Bartolo Colon tonight. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of enough for me to, to kind of, uh, go to this, this end of the pool and get, go with the, go with the guy like hedges, a guy that I know, uh, if he gets a hold of one and Bartolo can certainly, uh, serve those type of pitches up. I think that hedges, uh, hits value for you. And another game I'll name I'll throw out in this range before I move on to the first baseman is Jonathan Lucroy. I mean, how bad a year has this guy had, John? But he's a bit of a he had a bit of a bounce back in early June, uh, and, and I thought he was turning the corner. But of late, still uh, relatively cold. But again, the very hittable. I think trip. we need, I think we need to disown him. I think yeah. we, we've talked we've talked about him. He, di- he disappoints us week in week out. Yeah. No more John Lucroy. Twenty five hundred dollars <laughs> though. I mean, how low I know, can you go? I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but you know there have been weeks where i'm like oh 2700 and still zero yeah you know? that's true so killing me maybe killing last me. chance corral for me i'll give him one more shot. fair enough uh over to, merciful. Fir- over to first base we see you know at the top of the board i was surprised to see a four at the as the first digit for paul goldschmidt he's been over five and up to almost 57 5800 dollars the last couple of times we've done this show he gets a good matchup against adam wainwright and uh price at only 4500 dollars he's one of three guys in this room range uh cody bellinger you went off on him last week quite justifiably he's had a fabulous start to his career and joey Votto, uh great greatest canadian ball player that's out there right now and having another fine season you got this guy an automatic pilot you can wind up and let him go and he just keeps pumping out the great years 
Those are the three guys over $4,000. I want you to make the case for the guy that you like the best in this trio. I think Votto would, would be my guy. I know that, that, you know, in terms of matchup, he might have the toughest one of this three with, with the way that Chase Anderson's going and he's been strong on the road, but, uh, you know, Votto's a guy that I think can hit pretty much any pitcher. Um, this is a game at Great American Ballpark. I, I imagine that, you know, this is always just a series where there's a lot of runs to be scored. And I think Votto's always uh, sort of at the center of that. So if you're going uh, towards the upper end of the board this evening, I, I give him the lean over even a guy like Cody Bellinger, who, you know, for $100 more, I think is fi- is facing a pitcher that might not be a household name by any means, but he's been really good at limiting the home run ball. And that's what you want out of Cody Bellinger. So um, I give a slight lean to Joey Votto this evening. I think that uh, he'd probably be the smarter tournament play. I'm um, surprised. So I'm going to say with it. I'm surprised that you didn't go with Goldie. I'm going to say one more time that I think Mr. Goldschmidt uh, is, is the class of the field uh, again sure. this week. And you certainly got to like the matchup that he has. And, and I look at his uh, game log, John. And one of the things that jumps out to me is that he's, it's been an awfully long time since he went hitless in two straight games. He was hitless last night. So I'm expecting a big bounce back against the very hittable Adam Wainwright, who's not near the top of his game. And uh, I think Mr. Goldschmidt makes him pay and, and comes through in a big way for the cards, uh, for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks tonight as yes. they host the Cardinals. So I'll make the case for $4,500, saving on what his normal price tag has been and uh, trying to fit it into at least one lineup tonight so i like him big time out of this trio but if you want to if you want or need to save a few dollars though there's a number of viable options taking us down to thirty five hundred dollars uh thirty five hundred to thirty nine hundred dollars john there's a bunch of players in this range uh miggy cabrera not having the mvp caliber year that we're used to seeing from him is in this range uh, the home run rate is down so I, that's one guy that i'm i'm going to pass on in this group i wonder who might rise above him in your rankings in this in this area no, that's a that's a good call on Cabrera. Um, you know, this is one of the rare nights where where I am really really targeting the Tigers. But uh, Cabrera, I guess thirty seven hundred. He's sort of like uh, my Luke Croy for for this podcast. Like I just I feel like he, he you know maybe maybe just maybe he uh, he gets it going. But um, it kind of sticking with the Austin Hedges theme or just really the gang up on Bartolo theme. Uh, Will Myers at thirty six hundred. I think uh, if you're going you know into this tier. Um, I, I like his, I like his uh, potential the best. I think you know if he sees Bartolo three times this evening, then I will be shocked. But then uh, that's all he'll see of him because I'm, I'm, I think he would probably take him deep that third time out. So uh, I think Myers Myers would definitely be my guy more so than than a guy like Matt Carpenter who um, you know he's been very strong since he moved up to that leadoff spot in the order. But I think he has a relatively tough matchup here. And the, the Cardinals just have a funk about him right now. So kind of off of that. And uh, um, I'm off of Ryan Zimmerman as well, even though I could see him doing well against Lackey. I think I'd prefer to have a national with, with more stolen base upside than Zimmerman. So I'll go Myers. You know what? I, I'm looking at Zimmerman thinking he has uh, not fared well in the last few games. And, and also his backup, Adam Lynn, has absolutely terrorized John Lackey in their head-to-head career. So I'm holding off uh, on the Ooh. call on Zimmerman. And I'll get to what I want to say about Lynn a little bit later. But keep an eye on that on that situation because I, if they go match up history, I could see Adam Lynn making an appearance 
experience in that lineup. So be very, very careful when you're making this pick and make sure your players are in the lineup. That's something we talk about almost every week, and we should as a reminder that you could really pooch your, your lineup uh, if you don't make sure that your guys are in, in there. And uh, tonight I could certainly see Adam Lynn getting in there. We'll get into why in a few minutes. Uh, John, there are uh, Logan Morrison's kind of cooled off a little bit uh, for me. Anthony Rizzo is uh, a certainly name recognition guy. T- tough matchup against Strasburg. Uh, I, I don't like uh, spending up uh, when the pitching matchup is so tough. Kendrick Morales yeah. has been asleep at the switch for the the Jays for for uh, parts of this season and current, including currently. One guy I really like for Toronto, uh, he's a switch hitter, Justin Smoke. There's a real push to get this guy in the All-Star game. He's quietly put together uh, by far the best season of his career. And I like the fact that he's uh, in the mix for that consideration. And uh, in my heart of hearts, I hope that he gets it as a Jays fan. Uh, just a real good citizen, a solid fielding player. But tonight he also gets mm-hmm. a chance to, to pad the offensive numbers against Wade Miley. So that's a guy we didn't talk about in this range. Trey Mancini heads the group up uh, at $3,400 and below. Let's take it down to 3000 What say you about him and any of the names in this grouping? Uh, Mancini, you just, you're going to have to live with him probably hitting, uh, towards the back end of the, of the middle third of that lineup. Although, uh, with Chris Davis out, Buckshaw Walters kind of experimented, uh, with the lineup a little bit. So there's a chance that, uh, Mancini moves up, uh, into, you know, maybe the fifth spot, uh, in that order for the Orioles. Um, he's been one of the more consistent, uh, players on that team throughout the season. He's sort of been uh, the Orioles version of Justin Smoke, as far as you know, kind of an out of nowhere guy that that sort of picked things up while the while the expected stars have kind of uh, stumbled a bit. So Mancini, I just don't love his matchup as much as I, I do like some of the other people's uh, down here. You know, Edwin Encarnacion is is that same price, and I know he's going against Yu Darvish, but you mentioned that Yu Darvish might not be pitching at a hundred percent right now, so that's quite the discount for a guy like Edwin, who's really turned things. Uh, around over the last month or so um, and then moving down the list at 3100 uh, i'm going to keep falling for this trap until like i don't even know when but eric thames the fact that he's only 3100 in cincinnati in that ballpark uh like i said that series is just you know like a run extravaganza so i think that thames uh gets himself back uh to uh, to where you'd expect him in that sort of matchup tonight. So uh, he's got 20 home runs already this season. I know most of it was hit in the first uh, month or so, but uh, I do have my faith that he'll be able to to get things uh, back on track against Castillo, who's making, I believe, is just his like second start uh, professionally this evening. So yeah, Thames at 3100. There's another. There's an injury uh, note here on Hanley Ramirez. He's day to day with a knee injury, so we'll pass on him in this range. I'll also make the case uh, for Edwin Encarnacion, another guy who's gone a long time since he was hitless in two straight, and uh, the power surge has continued over the last month. He's hitting like I expected that he would, and he's not afraid to do you Darvish. He's had a lot of success head to head against him too. So, and that's a healthy you Darvish in those circumstances. So I really like him tonight. I also like Jose Abreu, who's quietly put together a really solid campaign another guy who you could just seem to wind up and and put him out there and the on-base numbers are there the power numbers are there and he gets a Masahiro Tanaka who's a bit shaky of late so I like him uh, to have a chance to launch one 
in, at the home park for Chicago tonight at $3,300. That's an attractive price tag. I'll also say Mitch Moreland is an interesting pick here. I know it's lefty on lefty, but he's undergone a bit of a power surge over the last week. Three homers in his last three starts, six hits in his last four games. So I like the hot stick here against a lefty that doesn't really scare me to death. And the Boston lineup should be able to find their way around Adalberto Maia and put up some large crooked numbers there. And I expect Moreland to be a part of it, even though it is, as I say, that lefty-on-lefty matchup. What about uh, the 3,100 and down, John? There's also, you know, there's talent uh, in this range as well. well. We'll note Freddie Freeman's on the DL with a wrist injury, Chris Davis with an oblique. But there are still guys like uh, uh, Alonso, Thames, and then Gallo, Boer, and uh, any others that you care to mention or go off on. Yeah, like I said, Thames is, Thames is probably my guy as far as, uh, you know, more value uh, first baseman. Tyler Austin, I think, w- would be uh, in some consideration uh, for me, but I know that he's, he's uh, he had a DH last night with a, with a bit of a sore hamstring, but uh, he gets Rodone. Uh, you know, like I was saying about Gary Sanchez, not that I'm saying that, that Austin is nearly uh, that class of uh, player option at this point, but um, he, you're certainly going to be getting him, and you're probably going to be one of the three percent, if that, that that owns him. So at 2600, I mean, you're at least separating yourself from the pack, and you know that he does bring that that pop potential uh, with him. So you'd have to make sure that he's in the lineup. Uh, but 2600, I think that you know there are worse options, and I think Kenny's Vargas against uh, Boston and Rick Porcello. Uh, Any time that you can get Vargas against a righty uh, is a time that you certainly consider him. So 2700, if you want to get like a Vargas Sano uh, stack, uh, that's not going to end up being too expensive just because Vargas uh, brings that power potential for just 2700. Well, and uh, I talk about uh, Adam Lind in this uh, range to a 2700 dollars. He has the best history of any batter against any pitcher in a significant uh, sample size going into tonight's action. 18 for 43 against John Lackey career, and he's only struck out four times. So a pretty good high contact rate, a batting average of 419 head-to-head. I'll take a piece of that action if if Lynn does get into the lineup. So I'll be definitely watching to see how Washington puts together their their batting order tonight. And if uh, Lynn is in there, he's my guy at the first base spot. Uh, John, let's go over to second base now. And uh, the top of the board over here features a couple of guys that are clearly ahead of the field. Uh, Daniel Murphy and Jose Altuve, both all-star caliber players at this position. If you had to pick one or the over the other, who would it be tonight? Oh, this is this is tough, and it's it's tough every week because they're always you know right next to each other at the as the the class of the second base crop. Um, I'd probably give the slight lean to to. Uh, to Murphy this evening, because I think that the, um, the nationals are going to be able to get runners on, uh, ahead of Murphy. I think Murphy Murphy's going to just have the RBI upside that, that Altuve right. might not. I, I think that Altuve will do just fine and get himself on base a bunch, but I see the nationals getting on base, uh, taking extra bases, uh, stealing, just running all over, uh, the Cubs. And with that, you know, Murphy's going to have guys on with runners in scoring position. I, I like him, uh, to, to pay off in that regard. You know what? I like the call and I agree with it. And I think that when, when you're looking for a tie breaking situation, you got to look at the opposing pitchers, uh, record recently. You got to look at where this guy hits in the lineup. 
And uh, Murphy get, gets more of a power slot than Altave, who is more of a top-of-the-order table setter type. So for me, mm-hmm. there are a couple of issues there that separate Murphy and give him the, sli- uh, give him the slight lean in this regard. Uh, more than $100 should, should be accounted for that difference, in my opinion. So I'm happy to pay up uh, that extra $100 and get Murphy in this, uh, in this pairing. But if you want to save some money, there are some good names uh, below uh, the, that uh, level. Uh, 3400 and down to 3100 there's about seven or eight guys. I really like Jonathan Shoup tonight for the Orioles. He's on a hitting tear uh, for your guys, and he scares me to death in, in, in Rogers Center. He's had a, a fine time against the Blue Jays this season, really padding his offensive totals and kind of he's the poor cousin to Manny Machado but boy oh boy when you when you think of this team he he's also maybe the fourth or fifth threat that you think about but I have a healthy regard for him based on what I've seen of late and I really think he's a great value at $3,300 uh what's your thoughts there and on any of the other guys in this range yeah, Scope is swinging about as good of a bat as anyone in that Orioles lineup right now, and they've kind of messed around with moving him up in the order. He used to kind of be, you know, cast down to like the the seventh or eighth spot, but he's certainly uh, outperformed that to the point where he's hitting uh, in a much favorable position for for DFS purposes. Um, I like Ian Kinsler a lot tonight, and generally I haven't been a huge Kinsler guy uh, this season, but I just really like this Tigers game a lot tonight. I love uh, the the ball or the wind blowing out to left field uh we're getting a, a, a matchup against a pitcher in, in kennedy that they can definitely give up the long ball um kinsler can certainly hit one especially more so than than most of these second basemen uh in in this range here so uh get kinsler as part of your as your tiger stack you know 3400 i think that that's that's completely affordable for the for the third best player at a, at a given position especially shortstop well and i'm going to talk about a pittsburgh stack and including josh harrison in the mix there i like the fact that he has a pretty favorable matchup tonight he's been productive of late and so for 3200 that's money well spent but just above him i'm wondering if rugi Odor might have hurt his hand when he hit jose uh, jose bautista a <laughs> back there Something. because he's batting a, a terrible 205 and and just the offense is just not there i i think he's priced at 3300 just on reputation alone i don't see it tonight even though he has what i would consider a uh, uh, hittable trevor bauer on the mound i'm staying away from this guy completely at this price yep. tag there are other options in this range i mentioned uh josh harrison uh scooter gannett's a guy that you didn't touch on uh, i know it's a week or two removed from his career night but uh, he's he's had a pretty good season, still batting 307 on the season, John, and uh, been very productive of late too. So uh, don't sleep on him. He's got a hitting streak of the last six games he's hit in each one and had uh, four uh, – times where he's had multiple hit efforts so the hot stick continues for him at $3,300 a pretty nice price tag as he's got some power around him in the lineup that could make for a productive evening for him as well Uh, if we take it below the 3,000 mark John are there any names in this group that you like I mean certainly you can look at the speed possibility that d gordon brings you brandon phillips still a factor in the uh, that potent atlanta lineup he's surrounded by a lot, number of big uh, big hitters that could uh, bring him around the bases uh, robbie Sh- ryan shimp another guy that uh, bears some consideration for the padres jason kipnis a name recognition type uh, twenty eight hundred dollars the the price tag there so there's some real good interesting possibilities down in this range for me I think uh, Whit Merrifield, again, uh, going back to that, to that AL Central matchup, he'll be out uh, in Detroit and he gets a platoon advantage against a lefty. He, you know, he, he has an OPS close to 900 against left-handers, batting average of 323 against southpaws. 
Um, and this isn't a particularly great Southpaw. So, uh, I know he's cooled off a, a, a fair bit from where he was, uh, earlier in the season, but Merrifield, I think bears some consideration. I think it, also at 2,800 Jonathan VR, a guy that just came off the DL. Uh, I assume that he's going to come back into the lineup council, plug him back in. Um, and I think that at 2,800 for, for his stolen base upside and, and, you know, just being on base for, for that game where there's going to be a ton of runs, uh, that's a, that's some really nice cheap exposure there. So th- there's some really good options at that 2,800, uh, range. I'm not going to fall for it, for the names of some of these guys, like a uh, fall for the Jason Kipnis trap or what have you. Yeah. I, th- I think that Merrifield or, or VR would be my guys for, for, you know, like the 25 to 3000 range. All right. Let's swing over to third base where I see six names bunched up between $3,900 and $3,600. For me, though, two of them jump off the board, and one of them, right at the top, Adrian Beltre. You know he's one of my fantasy favorites, and he's hitting the best that he has all season long. The veterans climbing up the all-time leaderboards, but I like the fact that he's done really well of late, and I keep touching on that Bauer matchup. Uh, This is one guy who should feast on this as well, so I really like him at the top of the board, but I also maybe favor of all the guys, Justin Turner, who's just having an MVP caliber season offensive for the Dodgers it's a in, intercity rivalry and I know they've had a tough time with the Angels and, and you can bet the Dodgers want to get get back to at least even even with these guys before it's right. done and uh, Turner's a guy who's been lighting it up consistently all season long he gets a favorable matchup tonight against one of the lesser lights on the pitching staff for the Angels and Alex Meyer so uh, all told I think this is an opportunity for Justin Turner to have a big evening for the Dodgers who do you like of this sextet, uh, sextet at the top of the the third baseman uh it's it's hard for me to argue against uh your guy josh donaldson honestly going against a left-hander that's always something that that uh makes you consider him uh when you're kind of parsing out between the the elite uh third base options but uh you know he's a guy when when he connects it, it's it's so gone and i think uh sano is another guy at 3800 at lamb at 3700 actually like it I, like I don't I was just sitting here looking at the slate and it, it just didn't register with me how ridiculous that is but you're getting like one of the, arguably the best hitting third baseman in the game outside of like a Nolan Arenado um, for 3700 against Wainwright at home there's something up there i don't know but but i'm like shocked at right now but there yeah okay so uh yeah i like i like Donaldson i like to know and all but man lamb Lamb's on the menu. Again, 3700 Let's go. Very good. And uh, in the next range, we'll go from 3500 on down to 3100 John. And in this grouping, I like Manny Machado against Marcus Stroman. Stroman has been touched up with a long ball uh, a lot most recently. And Machado's a guy who's certainly capable of delivering against any pitcher. But uh, when one guy, when a guy like Stroman's operating at less than peak efficiency, I think he could be easy meat for a couple of big swingers in the Orioles lineup. Uh, further to that, the obligatory Evan Longoria speech from me. He's he's on a power <laughs> surge of late. Thirty four hundred dollars is the price tag. Uh, I like the mix, uh, even though he's going against my guy Nova. Don't sleep on Longo because of that power stroke. It's going very well in the past week. One of the better hitters from the hot corner. Uh, we also talked a little bit about Mike Mustakas. You can't overlook him. Uh, gets the good matchup tonight against a very hittable uh, opponent for on the mound for uh, 
for the uh, Tigers. It's lefty mm-hmm. on lefty, but Mustakas a guy. That's the tough part for me. That that's what made me move off of him. That and the wind is blow. It would like blow uh, if he were to like pull a ball and go out to like center. So it'd yeah, be a little bit tougher for him nine, this evening. Nineteen home runs on the season, though. Boy, that's tough to tough to let it go. Uh, I'm looking for lightning in a bottle there. Chris Bryant also in the mix here for the for the Cubbies against Strasburg. Uh, price is dampened by the opposing mound uh, yep. mound guy, but. Uh, Bryant is who Bryant is. So, what do you think about this group? Uh, this uh, this group. I mean, if you, if, if Lamb isn't on the menu for you, then uh, I, I guess Anthony Rendon kind of stands out to me. Him and Chris Bryant. Uh, Bryant. Uh, I know that it is Strasburg, and Strasburg is my favorite pitcher this evening. But I mean, Bryant Bryant's talent sort of supersedes all, all of that, and uh, I think he's a guy. I uh, certainly consider at that price tag, especially you know when you can usually get him in the four thousand range. Uh, Anthony Rendon is is my other pick. Um, you know, on the other side of that game, I think you usually see him in the in the mid threes, uh, as opposed to down here at thirty one hundred. So Rendon, uh, I know he has one home run off of Lackey in, in his career. Um, I'm not calling that he's going to do that again per se, but he's just having a really solid year, really solid at home. Uh, I think that he's he's certainly worth that thirty one hundred dollar price tag. John, in the sub three thousand range, there's not too many names that I would jump on, given the quality that I see above this grouping. My dog is going nuts here, agreeing with me, I believe. So yeah, <laughs> I think I think he's anxious to get onto the rest of the plate. But uh, I want you to let me know if you see any third baseman of any note. Uh, yes, uh, at under three thousand, um, Eugenio Suarez is a guy for the Reds. You know, again, that's just getting uh, as much exposure to that uh, Brewers versus Reds uh, game uh, as you can. He, he's sort of underrated uh, in general, just a really consistent producer. So to have him at, at this at this rate, I know it is Chase Anderson. I think that he does. Uh, make a fair bit of sense and I think in that same vein uh, Nick Castellanos of the Tigers that's you know once again uh, going after a right-handed bat in that Tigers lineup going against Ian Kennedy with the ball flying out to left uh, just 2800 so he really nice cap relief from either of these guys I think that both of them uh, would definitely be my picks if if I'm going under 3000. Well I I can't I can't find a lottery pick that that uh, teased me so I'll I'll say that you made you made the best of a bad lot there i'm going to suggest uh, if we go over to the shortstop position though we can get excited again again about a couple of guys who are again the class of the field there carlos correa and trey turner i'll ask you the same questions i did earlier between these two guys if you had to pick one make the case for correa and turner it's the same game that, that the other two guys were in where i asked you the similar questions yeah that's right um i think it, it's for me it, i'm going the nationals again i think i'm going turner i think that, you know this is just a, a case where uh the cubs know he's going to be running but it doesn't really matter if they can't stop him and i don't think that they can they're just not built like that they they don't have uh the quick battery um that that's necessary to slow down a guy like trey turner so he gets on base lackey completely gets off of his off of his rhythm freaking out trying to like you know keep trey turner under a 10-foot lead or something <laughs> uh you know for so four thousand. i think that he just delivers on the stolen base potential i know um you know it's something that that you said as well about some other guys and uh, hoping for some home runs you you're kind of hoping to catch lightning in a bottle and it's a little bit of uh points chasing after what turner did last night but i think it's legitimate i think against a cubs rotation like this that that's so slow to the plate uh turner turner at four thousand. If you, if you can afford premium option at, at shortstop he's my guy 
And uh, you know what? I'll take the other guy in this case. Correa hit safely in 14 of his last 15 games. The power potential is there a little bit more than Turner. So those yes. are the two factors that caused me to lean a little bit the other way. So while we agreed in the first instance, it's kind of neat that we disagree here. And we'll see how that turns out uh, at the end of the night, John. Maybe we'll have a little bit of a chat about that offline later. Sure. <laughs> what about the range? Uh, Corey Seager, day-to-day with a hamstring, goes next up at $3,900. So we'll stay away from him, uh, recommend that as well and down uh, at $3,500 we'll take it down to 3000 uh, the name of Xander Bogarts there a great value for Boston uh, I think a pretty good matchup too uh, given that Maia is on the mound the righties for the Red Sox could have a big night and the Bogarts should be in the middle of that mix and uh, I, I think he's a great buy at $3,500 yeah, it's it's really hard to go uh, wrong with, with Bogarts, um, but I think that there are other sort of appealing options in this in this tier as well. Um, I think a guy like Chris Owings uh, coming off uh, getting a breather uh, on Tuesday night, he should be back in that lineup. Thirty four hundred against Wainwright, you know, and getting more exposure to that uh, Diamondbacks lineup uh, that is again just the best in baseball when it's at home. Uh, Eric Sogard is is the other guy that that stood out to me at three thousand. Um, again, just that Brewers game, but uh, you you have to make sure that he's in the lineup instead of VR. I think that this this could be the end of the line as far as Sogard um, being the everyday second baseman uh, for for the uh, Brewers, even though he's listed as a shortstop uh, here on FanDuel, and then Lindor. At three thousand, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me Agreed. either. And I know he's going against you, Darvish, but man, uh, he—that's just disrespectful to have a, yeah. a player of of his quality at at just three thousand. So I imagine the only drawback here for him is that the ownership is going to be through the roof because everyone, you know, bets on the pedigree uh, that Lindor certainly brings. Uh, so I think it's he might be the highest owned shortstop this evening. That's the only thing that's kind of scaring me off of him. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that assessment. And right with him there, Andrelton Simmons gets a favorable matchup, and he's hitting up a storm of late too. So two guys on the three thousand bubble that I think you could flip a coin, and, and you can't go wrong either way. If you if you res- have to resort to putting one of these two guys in, you get the hot sticks of both players. And uh, really, the case that you made for Lindor, I echo the sentiment. This guy has got his game together. Uh, he's struggled earlier on the numbers really don't reflect what he's done lately and really that's something that i lean on when i'm making my picks and if you look at that in isolation he is really one of the clear standouts of this position from top to bottom is there anybody below the 2900 dollars range and below that you might like i'm looking at the power stroke for tori tulowitzki coming coming back a little bit of late he had a strong one last night he did and in a a meaningless circumstances it turned out (laughs) but he's had the power stroke going of late there's been a little bit of concern uh, expressed in toronto uh, most of the season just because the power numbers aren't there but this guy hit is a streaky hitter and you know what let's not forget uh, his career and some he, he's a he's an all-star caliber player when things are going right and uh, terribly underperforming most of the season yeah. but hopefully he's getting his act together and uh, maybe maybe will be a catalyst to getting keeping this team in the running for a while i'm, I'm on him tonight in a big way uh, like the matchup and uh, the righty lefty thing also in his favor so uh, troy tulewiski to me the standout in this range are there any other guys that you might lean on in this group um let's see a newly bespectacled tim anderson i think is intriguing <laughs> uh, mostly just because i wanted to say bespectacled Excellent on the air word. but uh, <laughs> uh yeah but he's he's wearing 
wearing glasses now, and uh, it seems to be working out pretty well. So he's got Tanaka wind blowing out. Uh, if you're if you're not on Tanaka tonight, then maybe he's he's a good way of getting some uh, White Sox lineup exposure. If you if you get down like that, and then um, Eric Ibar maybe at twenty five hundred again going against uh, Bartolo. You know, is, is this the Eric Ibar revenge game? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> at twenty five hundred. So I don't know. Uh, I that's certainly you know when I'm making a one dollar lineup at you know ten minutes before lock. Maybe I'll make one with Eric Ibar and it just it just you know for fun to see see what happens there. But um, you know th- there's a there's enough viable options for not very expensive for thirty five on thirty five hundred and lower uh, to for you can you know there's a lot of ways to skin the cat in, at this position yeah and I'll add one more name in this range Jordy Mercer who is a platoon specialist he goes does very well historically against left-handed batters uh, pitchers and he faces one tonight he's on a pretty good hitting streak of late so, so those factors add up to a pretty nice buy at twenty seven hundred dollars if you're looking for a contrarian play uh, or a tournament type play that might uh, pay off well we turn our attention finally to the outfielders John and uh, there's a mid full of them in this 4,000 range every week and we got six of them in this group for me Geo Stanton is the guy I like the matchup tonight uh, the power stroke is going $4,100 the price tag a little bit lower than what we've seen with, from him much of the season uh, I'll take him over to likes of Judge and Harper and Dickerson at all how do you think uh, what do you think uh, is your favorite in this group um, I could also see a guy like uh, George Springer who uh, uh Got hit by Jesse Hahn last time out. Uh, didn't end, didn't end up finishing that game. Uh, but I think that he's a guy at forty one hundred, uh, maybe looking to make amends and goes you know Springer Dinger to lead off there. So uh, forty one hundred. Uh, he's probably my favorite of these upper tier uh, outfielders. If we take it down a notch, going to the 3,600 and up range, there's a whole mitt full of stars here. For me, Michael Taylor is the guy for Washington, Part of big part of that offense of late, and gets the favorable matchup against Lackey, uh, a name that doesn't match up with the name recognition of some of the other types, might dampen his ownership a little bit, and I'll gladly take a piece of him in that regard uh, if I have to resort to picking one guy in this group. Again, I ask you, who are your favorites in this grouping? Um, I like JD Martinez. Uh, you know, this is, you know, something I've been hinting at throughout the show. I think that, uh, right-handed bats in this game, uh, are a must. And I think that JD Martinez is is sort of the linchpin of that. So I'm, I'm making a tiger stack and, and, uh, Martinez will be, uh, will certainly be part of it at just 3,800. If we go 3,500 and down or 3,400 and down, uh, Mark Trumbo scares the heck out of me as a blue Jay fan. The Orioles are really getting a lot of mileage out of him, uh, in streaky uh, times this season but he's on one of those better streaks of late and so you got to pay attention he's uh, extra base power every time he comes up the batting average not uh, not there where you'd like it to be but he's not all about the batting averages he's about the long ball and right. uh, and the rbis and uh, in this potent lineup th- this is a team that's hitting tremendously well all season long with runners in scoring position trumbo's numbers go up in that regard as well and uh, he'll have some rbi opportunities and for 3400 dollars if you can fit him in there might be a good look uh, anybody else in this group that, that you might like john uh, the, the Justin Upton play, I think, uh, makes some sense again, uh, sticking with the tigers there. Uh, he makes some sense. Um, outside, outside of that, um, I, I suppose Ben and has a, has a pretty, uh, solid matchup this evening against Mejia at home. Uh, but Ben and kind of dropped down to the bottom third of that order so that that lessens his appeal. So I use a, you know, 
lineup position as a bit of a tiebreaker sometimes. And I, with that, I, I'm going to give the lean to Dustin Upton from this tier. And I'll uh, add the name of Jacoby Ellsbury. I mean, it's lefty on lefty against Rodon, but he doesn't scare me. And uh, Ellsbury, top of the order guy for the Yankees. If they go off tonight, you can bet he's going to be in the middle of that mix. Another lefty on lefty circumstance, Curtis Granderson. So I'm going against the grain with a couple of guys in that in that way. $3,100 for a guy whose power stroke is, been awesome. is on fire of late. So he, I had to mention that. Uh, but uh, you can do worse than these two guys at $3,100. Are there any kind of lightning in a bottle types for, uh, below the 3000 mark that you might like? I know you're you're dying to talk about Tommy Pham again, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, Tommy Pham has made me look really smart a few times. <laughs> Oddly enough, he's the only guy that can really do that, it seems like. But, yeah, Pham out in Arizona, I think he makes some sense. Uh, just 2900 so his price has stayed pretty level. Uh, Seth Smith. Uh, guy if he's leading off again uh, against a righty i imagine he will be um so he makes some sense there and then uh as far as your lightning and a bottle picks are concerned i think hunter renfro going against bartolo cologne uh renfro is a guy with ridiculous pop but also ridiculous strikeout rates so uh you're you're sort of just hoping that he can get a hold of one of them but i'm betting that he can so at 2700 uh he's my favorite of the of like the bargain uh, outfielders and I'll throw one more name in Keon Broxton on a hitting tear of late he's been very hot very cold in parts of the season very hot right now the power stroke is in uh, in play with two homers and four RBIs in his last four games several multi-hit efforts in his last 10 and uh, only gone hitless in one in the last dozen games it looks like and and really uh, a guy you could do a lot worse than plug and play for $2,900 so John we've come up with names uh, value plays uh, top end plays at each position but it's now time to put our lineups together who do you have top to bottom in your preferred lineup tonight all right so my my first run through making a lineup for for this um i'm gonna go with steven strasburg as my pitcher uh austin hedges at catcher that's part of the padres exposure against bartolo cologne uh eric dames at 3100 as uh, my first baseman so saving at that corner uh paying up a little bit more at 3400 to go get ian kinsler at second base uh third base i'm using Eugenio suarez again just a really consistent sort of under the radar option uh that's you know gets to play in great american ballpark uh shortstop i have eric sogard for now but again you're gonna have to keep an eye uh, on that Brewers lineup and make sure that he's in. But if he is, you imagine he's going to be leading off in a pretty high-scoring game. And then moving on to the outfield, uh, J.D. Martinez at 3,800, Justin Upton at 3,400. Again, just part of that Tiger stack. And then uh, Hunter Renfro to sort of pair with Austin Hedges and uh, you know maximize uh, my pop potential against Cologne. Well, pop potential is what my op- my lineup looks like uh, when I look at it again now, thinking all these guys can go yard. And uh, I'll start with the pitcher of, of note, Ivan Nova. He's been a quality start machine most of the season, and I'm counting on that to continue and ably be supported by that Pittsburgh offense in a favorable matchup against the Rays tonight. $8,100 is his price tag. I talked uh, at length about Sal Perez at the catcher's position. $3,200 his price tag. Adam Lind is the key to my lineup. He allows me to save some money. $2,700. If he's in there for Washington, he's definitely going to be in my lineup tonight against Lackey. Jonathan Shoup uh, against the, the, the Jays has been bad news all season long for Toronto fans. $3,300 the price tag there. Justin Turner, my lean at, at the third base position. $3,600 his price tag. 
Troy Tulowitzki trying to catch lightning in a bottle again for the third time this past week. $2,900, another guy that helps me save a few bucks. Then in the outfield, I got Michael Taylor, the lesser known of some of the offensive weapons that the, the Nats will throw out uh, against some of the name recognition guys that will be surrounding him in the lineup against Lackey and company. Curtis Granderson on the power, power tear. Anytime I see a guy with normally a low batting average uh, but a power hitter of note on a tear, I'm going to go with that hot streak. $3,100, his price tag. And finally, Finally, a guy who must be salivating at the prospect that the that the All Star Game's around the corner and he gets to hit home runs again uh, for the nation. To just, just go ooh and ah, and uh, John Carlos Stanton will be warming up in that regard tonight. Forty one hundred dollars his price tag. John, tell us what the RotoWire Optimizer has come up for with uh, for this evening's uh, lineup. All right, so if you just use our baseline optimizer, uh, we're looking at. Masahiro Tanaka on the mound against the White Sox. Um, Russell Martin against Wade Miley, getting some exposure to that game. So I like that call uh, at catcher. Uh, then Eric Thames, uh, Brian Dozier, Chris Bryant, and Francisco Lindor round out your infield. And in the outfield, uh, the optimizer also likes John Carlos Stanton, in addition to Mookie Betts at 3,900 and Max Kepler at 2,600 um, going against Rick Porcello. So uh, some, an interesting mix of bats in there, but I, I think that that actually looks pretty strong from from just a uh, you know once over generated lineup there. So I like that. John, we're less than two weeks away from the All-Star break and our RotoWire's annual trek to Las Vegas. I know there's going to be very little to bet on uh, over the over our stay there because uh, <laughs> a lot of sports are in off-season mode. But one of the things that we look at are future bets of note. And if you had to pick right now, I'm going to ask you who your leading three leading candidates are in order for the MVP of both leagues. Um, it's hard for me to, to go against a, a guy um, – and Aaron Judge, as far as AL is concerned, uh, but moving down that list a little bit, that the AL is kind of murky uh, after him. Um, I, I, you know, maybe like a George Springer or a Jose Altuve right. uh, w- would also uh, figure into your mix there. Um, but as far as guys that you you think can extend that success through the rest of the season, you know, like I, I'm not sure that like a Justin Smoke, uh, who's been uh, MVP quality for this first half of the season I'm, I'm not sold that he's gonna uh stick that way the rest of the way if you see what i mean so yeah i think the ju- judge is probably the, the smart play uh there as far as the nl is concerned um i think nolan arenado it's time for him to start getting uh mvp buzz because he's so valuable both with his glove uh and with the bat and he's been a huge reason behind uh colorado's sort of resurgence even though they, they've slipped a little bit over the last week or so um i think max scherzer honestly deserves some credit he's having like a kershaw-esque season just so dominant uh, so i know i know we'll, we'll get into cy young later but i think as far as mvp is concerned i think you have to at least you know think that that scherzer if there is a pitcher uh that he would be the guy so uh who are your candidates first of all i want to separate myself from that argument immediately and we can debate that back and forth i don't think a pitcher should ever be a, uh, an mvp candidate mm-hmm. they've got their own award and let's keep it that way that's my thought on that in a nutshell uh, in terms of the national league uh paul goldschmidt has been instrumental in and in keeping arizona in the thick of the race and putting up his usual big time numbers uh, this guy is a five tool guy with an asterisk he 
runs like the wind uh, when he needs to in terms of stolen base opportunities. That's something a lot of power hitters just don't do. So that's something that really separates him uh, from, I think, the rest of the field. In, in fact, Bryce Harper having a nice bounce-back season for the Nationals has them in the thick of the race. And Arenado's teammate in Colorado, Charlie Blockman, having a fabulous year for the Rockies. So there's my top three candidates in the NL. I, I agree with you that Judge has clearly uh, distanced himself from the rest of the field in the American League. But I look at the fact that Houston's having a great year and Jose Altuve is the igniter there. So I give him a nod. And then Xander Bogart has the Red Sox in the thick of the race again. And, and I look for him to have a big second half and maybe close the ranks on Judge to make that a, a, a winner by a nose situation at the end of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have that much faith in Bogarts to come up big the rest of the way. John, I hope that our listeners take special heed to the comments that we make. We take our time to put this show together and give a lot of good information. I think you've had a fabulous season. I wish you good luck tonight in the free roll. And we've had a ball. We've got one more week to go before the All-Star break, and we'll wind it up here for now. There you have it. For John McHechnie, who is a great follow at Johnny McHex, I'm Paul Bruno, who you can follow at Statsman22. And we wish you good luck with your FanDuel plays. Come back and listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com